The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Welcome to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we count down the 20 most unusual plays in college football history. On our last episode, we count down numbers 20 through 11. So today, we are at the pinnacle, the climax, the finale. We are counting down the 10 most unusual plays in the history of college football. Now, before we begin, let's recap what were the numbers 20 through 11. Number 20, the 99-yard punt by Pat Brady. Number 19, a blocked field goal to secure the mother of all upsets. Number 18, the punt to Ruski as Florida State stuns Clemson. Number 17, the punch that formed the NCAA. Number 16, the Powder River Pass employed by the 25 Little Pigs. Number 15, Pat O'Day kicks not one but two 110-yard punts. Number 14, the fake field goal to win the game in overtime. Number 13, the fake fair catch that was returned for a touchdown. Number 12, the controversial hook and ladder. And number 11, the fumble wooski. Well, if those plays did not make our list, it is natural to ask what plays did. What plays have we not covered? Do you know? Do you know what plays are not on our list? Are there any of the plays in the top 10 that should have been in your mind? Well, let's take a look at the top 10 plays in history of college football, at least in our minds. So here we go. Number 10. A trick play to end all trick plays. Colorado State defeated Wyoming 12 to 10 on October 29, 1966, and the Cowboys had taken a 10 to nothing lead in the halftime. In the third quarter, the Cowboys' field goal tightened the game to 7 to 3, and late in the third quarter, the Rams had the ball and drove to the Wyoming 35-yard line. So on third down, the Rams executed the bounce pass incorrectly as Bob Wolf mistakenly threw the ball into the arms of running back. Larry Johnson, who caught it and was immediately tackled. No big deal, right? So facing fourth down, here is what happened. Now follow this. One of the greatest trick plays in the history of college football probably should be way higher up on our list. Ram quarterback Wolf bounced the ball to Jackson, who was behind the line of scrimmage. Jackson paused as if the pass was incomplete, dropped his arms, and appeared angry. He took two steps backwards and yelled, hey, what's wrong with you? Can't you throw it right? And then suddenly turned and hurled the ball, live, mind you, downfield to a wide-open Tom Pack in the end zone, who scored the winning touchdown. Number nine, the kick six. On November 30th, 2013, Auburn 33, Alabama 28. It was the Iron Bowl. And with one second left, Adam Griffith's 57-yard field goal attempt was short. Auburn's Chris Davis caught it nine yards deep in the end zone and returned it for a touchdown, forever known as a kick six. This was the game where number one Alabama entered the Iron Bowl undefeated 11-0 and they were coming off two consecutive BCS national championships and were smack in the midst of their dynasty. The game was dripping with intrigue. With 32 seconds left in the game, C. Auburn had tied the game at 28. They kicked off to the Crimson Tide. The Tide drove to the 38-yard line and then time appeared to run out. Or did it? Alabama coach Nick Saban challenged the time on the clock, stating that the game still had one second remaining. After a video review, one second was placed back on the clock. And here we go. Then it happened. Having missed three field goals earlier in the game, Coach Saban 
opted for Cade Foster to sit in the fourth quarter and gave the redshirt freshman Adam Griffith the try. The Crimson Tide lined up for a potential game-winning 57-yard field goal. The kick was short, and Auburn's Chris Davis, standing back at the far goal line, simply caught the ball in front of the goalposts. He then raced 109 yards up the sidelines, scoring on the last play of the game. Number eight, the play, or otherwise known as the band is on the field. November 20th, 1982, Cal 25, Stanford 20. Kevin Moan takes a kickoff at game's end and after five laterals, raced into the end zone and straight into Gary Tyrell's trombone. Now stop me if you've heard this before. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Those were the words uttered by Joe Starkey, the stunned bear radio play-by-play man who was announcing the final play of the game. It was a finish to top all finishes. It started with John Elway, who had led the Cardinals on an improbable comeback with four seconds left. So... All Stanford had to do was kick off and tackle, and what followed is etched into college football lore forever. Stanford squibbed the kick. Cal's Kevin Moan takes the ball at the Cal 45, races a few yards and laterals to Richard Rogers, who then laterals to Dwight Gardner, who then runs five yards and laterals back to Rogers, who races to the Stanford 45 before he laterals to Marriott Ford. Are you catching all this? where at the same time, mind you, the Stanford band starts to enter the field in the Stanford end zone. Ford races to the 27 and tosses a blind lateral over his right shoulder to Moan, who had originally caught the kickoff some five laterals earlier. And through a sea of players, as well as 144 band members who were on the field in the end zone, he ran straight into Gary Tyrell's trombone to end the most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Number seven, the longest play in college football history. It occurred on October 25th, 2007. Trinity 28, Millsaps 24. On the last play of the game, facing fourth and four with two seconds remaining, Trinity threw 15 laterals to score on a 65-yard touchdown. The play took over one minute and is considered to be the longest play ever. The play actually matriculated downfield to the 40-yard line went back to the 49-yard line, matriculated to the 35-yard line, went back to the 50-yard line, and eventually touchdown, touchdown, touchdown by Trinity wide receiver Ryle Curry. Number six, two plays in one game. January 1st, 2007. It is when Boise State defeated Oklahoma in overtime in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. It may well have been the greatest finish in the history of college football, and it delivered us two plays that we could not separate so we included them as number six on our list. The game pitted David versus Goliath, Boise State from the WAC versus traditional powerhouse Oklahoma. The final two minutes in overtime served up an ending to end all endings. With a little over one minute remaining, the game was tied at 28, and Oklahoma's Marcus Washington intercepted a Broncos pass and returned it for a touchdown to give the Sooners a 35-28 lead with 102 left in the game. On the ensuing drive, the Broncos quickly drove to midfield, where they faced 4th and 18, with 18 seconds remaining. Here is what happened. Bronco quarterback Jarrett Sabransky threw to Drissen James, who caught the ball to the 35-yard line, surrounded by five Sooner defenders. James scooped the ball, chewed Jared Rabb, who caught it running in stride, the hook and ladder, the hook and ladder, the hook and ladder. And Rabb races 35 yards untouched for the heart-pounding touchdown. A 50-yard hook and ladder only set the stage for the unthinkable to happen in overtime. 
Oklahoma got the ball first and scored to go up through 42 to 35. Now Boise State had the chance and they moved to the five yard line where the Broncos direct snapped the ball to halfback Vinnie Peretta, who threw a touchdown to Derek Schramm. Boise State placed all the chips on the table and decided to go for two. And they ran what else? The Statue of Liberty play. Zambrowski went back to pass, froze, then behind his back handed the ball to Ian Johnson, who raced into the end zone to secure the miraculous win, what may have been the greatest finish in the storied history of college football, and deliver number six on our list with two plays. Number five. Now, now here is one you simply don't hear very often. A fan jumps onto the field, grabs the ball, and runs out of the stadium. It occurred on November 18, 1933. The great Georgetown 11 was facing Carnegie Tech, and Carnegie Tech upset them 19-0. That's not the point of this particular moment. This particular moment we're discussing because near the game's end, Carnegie Tech and Georgetown were fighting to gain possession of a fumble. And in the skirmish for the ball, a fan jumps out onto the field, grabs the ball, and runs out of the stadium. The players, they race after him, and yet he eludes both teams and vanishes into the campus. Number four, the true fifth down game. If you want to play that is unusual, consider a play by an official. It occurred on November 16, 1940. Cornell, then the number two team in the country, was riding a 19-game winning streak, and they forfeited their 7-3 win over arch-rival Dartmouth after realizing its last-second touchdown was scored on a fifth down. See, entering the fourth quarter, Dartmouth had broken a scoreless tie and took a 3-0 lead. So here is the backdrop to this. With some 50 seconds left in the game, Cornell had the ball first and goal from the six. And what transpired kept this game in the headlines and propelled the Big Red and referee Rod Fiesel and this story into college football immortality. First and goal from the six and Cornell hands off and the fullback, Mort Landsberg, plows ahead for a three-yard gain. So it's second and goal from the three. Cornell hands off to halfback Walt Scola for a two-yard gain and now it's third and one. So a quick handoff to Landsberg, gains about six inches, and now it's fourth down. Now, fourth and goal from the six-inch yard line. Cornell gets flagged for delay a game. The referee, Red Frizzell, spots the ball just outside the five-yard line. Nine seconds left in the game. Scholl tosses the ball into the end zone. It's incomplete. Well, the ball should go on rundowns, right? Well, here's where the unusual play happened, and it was by a referee. The linesman, Joe McKinney, signals it is still Cornell's ball. He concurs with Frizzell, who had lost count on downs, and Frizzell concurs. So now it's fourth and goal again. Well, Scholl throws a touchdown pass to receiver William Murphy. The extra point is good, and Cornell wins 7-3. Oh, we're not done. See, the press box was in an uproar because they saw that Cornell had five downs, not four. And after the game, it was more than clear. See, the game was filmed by both schools. And the next day, Rod Frizzell watched the films, the last two sequence of downs. Well, he saw his error, and Frizzell contacted the commissioner, Asia Bouchel. Bouchel ruled that the game was entered into the official rule books, and the score was, well, set in stone. It stood. Well, that was not quite the end of the story. Edmund E. Day, who was the president of Cornell, was told of the error, and that Cornell had scored on a fifth down. He, athletic director, and coach Carl Snavely conferred. They decided to forfeit the game and in turn forfeit their now 19-game winning streak, their number two ranking, and gave up all hopes of a national championship. They could not accept a tainted 73 triumph. 
Well, we're down to the top three. Do you know what they are? What three plays are remaining? Well, I'll pause for a second and let you think about it. Here we go. Number three. This was the wrong way Regals game. January 1st, 1929. It was when Georgia Tech defeated California 8-7 in the Rose Bowl. See, in the Rose Bowl, a 6-1-1 California team faced an undefeated 9-0 Georgia Tech team. Midway through a scoreless second quarter, defensive lineman Regals picks up a Georgia Tech fumble at the Georgia Tech 30-yard line. He gets shoved, turned around, and he races 69 yards the wrong way. His teammate, Benny Lom, chases him down at the California 3 and actually attempted to spin him around in the right direction but he was tackled by a Georgia Tech player at the one-yard line. As Cal was pinned near its own goal line, they opted to punt, but the punt was blocked for Georgia Tech's safety and a 2 to nothing lead. Georgia Tech never looked back in the final score, 8-7, to Georgia Tech wins, in a game that will be forever remembered as the wrong Ray Regals game. Well, now there are two spots remaining for the greatest unusual plays in college football history. And if wrong Ray Regals did not make our top two, what did? Pause and consider what two plays are remaining. History-making moment for the losing team. On September 11, 1999, UNLV defeated Baylor 27-24. And here is one you simply do not hear very often. In fact, never. Baylor entered the game 0-1 and UNLV was 1-0 and had never defeated a Big 12 opponent. That was the backdrop. Playing at home in front of over 32,000 fans, Baylor led 24-21 with 8 seconds to play. Follow this carefully. Bella had the ball at the UNLV 8-yard line. All they really had to do was take a knee to secure the win. Instead, the Bella coach, Kevin Steele, called for a running play. Darrell Bush fumbled. UNLV's defensive end, Kevin Thompson, picks it up in the end zone and races down the sidelines, untouched, 100 yards for the stunning UNLV win. Bella infamously became the first team in history of college football to lose a game on the last play while leading and possessing the ball. And here we are with the one stunning, unusual play remaining. Do you know what it is? The most stunning, unusual play in college football history. Think back. Ask yourself. Number one, the Tower Pass, November 6th, 1915. West Virginia had defeated Marshall 92-6. to And this was a moment caught in time, never to be duplicated. West Virginia had entered the game 1-2-1, and and Marshall had entered the game 0-5. Down 92 to nothing. Late in the game, Marshall coach Boyd Chambers wanted to avoid a shutout. This is what happened next. Marshall's run tucker and tackle Oki Taylor ran into the end zone. Quarterback Brad Workman threw into the end zone. Carter jumps on Taylor's shoulders and catches the pass on his shoulders, forever etching into the thundering herd lore, the tower pass. After Matthew asked, in 1916, the play was made illegal. Well, there you have it, the 20 most unusual plays in the history of college football. Did our 20 match your 20? Did our top 10 match your top 10? Are you upset with the order? Are there plays that we clearly left out? Well, I hope we can give you some plays to consider as the 20 most unusual plays in the history of college football. Thank you for listening to the history of college football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday 